Father Seraphim Rose, Hieromonk of Platina in Northern California, reposed in 1982 and wrote many treatises and books on various topics, including much on the topic of Genesis and early man. In his response to Dr. Kalamiros, prominent Orthodox evolutionist of his day, he writes, Do you now see what is at stake in the argument between the patristic understanding of Genesis and the doctrine of evolution? The doctrine of evolution attempts to understand the mysteries of God's creation by means of natural knowledge and worldly philosophy, not even allowing the possibility that there is something in these mysteries which places them beyond its capabilities of knowing. While the book of Genesis is an account of God's creation as seen in divine vision by the God-seer Moses, and this vision is confirmed also by the experience of later Holy Fathers. Now, even though revealed knowledge is higher than natural knowledge, still we know that there can be no conflict between true revelation and true natural knowledge. But there can be a conflict between revelation and human philosophy, which is often in error. There is thus no conflict between the knowledge of creation contained in Genesis, as interpreted for us by the Holy Fathers, and the true knowledge of creatures which modern science has acquired by observation. But there most certainly is an irreconcilable conflict between the knowledge contained in Genesis and the vain philosophical speculations of modern scientists, unenlightened by faith, about the state of the world in the six days of creation. Where there is a genuine conflict between Genesis and modern philosophy, if we wish to know the truth, we must accept the teaching of the Holy Fathers and reject the false opinions of scientific philosophers. The world has now become so infected by vain modern philosophy, posing as science, that very few, even among Orthodox Christians, are willing or able to examine this question dispassionately and discover what the Holy Fathers really taught, and then accept the patristic teaching even if it seems utter foolishness to the vain wisdom of this world. Concerning the true patristic view of the first created world, already I think I have indicated enough to you of the patristic views which at first sight seem surprising to an Orthodox Christian whose understanding of Genesis has been obscured by modern scientific philosophy. Most surprising of all, perhaps, is the fact that the Holy Fathers understood the text of Genesis as it is written, and do not allow us to interpret it freely or allegorically. Many Orthodox Christians with a modern education have become accustomed to associating such an interpretation with Protestant fundamentalism, and they are afraid of being considered naive by sophisticated scientific philosophers. But it is clear how much more profound is the true patristic interpretation than that of the fundamentalists, on the one hand, who have never even heard of divine vision, and whose interpretation sometimes coincides with that of the Holy Fathers only by accident, as it were. And on the other hand, how much more profound is the patristic interpretation than that of those who uncritically accept the speculations of modern philosophy as if they were true knowledge.
Father Seraphim Rose writes about the divine vision obtained by the Holy Fathers. What is the source of our true knowledge of the first created world, and how is it different from science? How can St. Gregory the Sinite know what happens to the ripe fruits of paradise, and why can natural science not discover such a thing? Since you are a lover of the Holy Fathers, I believe you already know the answer to this question. Still, I will set forth the answer based not on my own reasoning, but on the authority of a Holy Father of the highest spiritual life, St. Isaac the Syrian, who spoke of the soul's ascent to God based on his own experience of it. In describing how the soul is enraptured at the thought of the future age of incorruption, St. Isaac writes, And from this one is already exalted in mind to that which preceded the composition of the world, when there was no creature, nor heaven, nor earth, nor angels, nothing of that which was brought into being, and to how God, solely by his good will, suddenly brought everything from non-being into being, and everything stood before him in perfection. Do you see that St. Gregory the Sinite and other holy fathers of the highest spiritual life beheld the first created world in the state of divine vision, which is beyond all natural knowledge? St. Gregory the Sinite himself states that the eight primary visions of the state of perfect prayer are 1. God, 2. The angelic powers, 3. The composition of visible things, 4. The condescension of the Word, the Incarnation, 5. The universal resurrection, 6. The second coming of Christ, 7. Eternal torments, and 8. The eternal kingdom of heaven. Why should the composition of visible things be included together with the other objects of divine vision, which are all within the sphere of theological knowledge alone, and not scientific knowledge? Is it not because there is an aspect and state of creatures beyond the sphere of scientific knowledge, which can only be seen, as St. Isaac himself saw God's creation, in vision by God's grace? The objects of these visions, St. Gregory teaches, are clearly beheld and known by those who have attained by grace complete purity of mind. In this text, Father Seraphim Rose summarizes many principles and concepts crucial for our understanding of Genesis. He writes, Vain are they who say that the Holy Fathers were naive in science and simply didn't know about evolution, as if the Holy Spirit withheld this information from the divinely inspired fathers and scriptures, and revealed it only to 18th century Enlightenment man and his later descendants. On the contrary, they knew quite well what was being said in Genesis. We know, therefore, that before the fall of man some 7,500 years ago, no creature experienced corruption, but the whole evidence for evolution lies precisely in the evidence of corruption which, supposedly, occurred before the evolution of man. Need we hesitate to know where the truth lies? If science finds that the virgin birth of Christ is outside the laws of nature as it knows them, we Orthodox Christians nonetheless believe it absolutely. In the same way, 
even if science finds the incorrupt creatures of the first period of the world's existence impossible by the laws of nature it knows, we still believe as the Church and the Holy Fathers do. And there is a specific reason why science cannot understand this mystery, which is set forth by the Great Father, St. Simeon the New Theologian, in his 38th homily. The words and decrees of God become the law of nature. Therefore also the decree of God, uttered by him as a result of the disobedience of the first Adam, that is, the decree to him of death and corruption, became the law of nature, eternal and unalterable. Therefore, in order to abrogate this decree, the Son of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, was crucified and died, offering himself as a sacrifice for the redemption of man from death. That is to say, the law of nature before Adam's disobedience is different from the law of nature now in force, and it is therefore totally unknowable by science. Certain it is that science cannot, on the basis of observing a creation which is everywhere corruptible and moral, make even the slightest inference about a creation not subject to these laws. What was before the disobedience of Adam, and what is beyond the end of this corruptible world, when the creation will not be destroyed but totally transformed, are totally outside the sphere of science, and may be known only through orthodox theology in accordance with God's revelation to mankind. At this point, the sincere orthodox believer who is confused because he has been taught evolution from his childhood and cannot force himself to disbelieve in it all at once, will ask, Is it not still possible somehow to reinterpret the incorruptibility of Adam and the first creation so as not to be too much outside the fashions of contemporary ideas? To which the answer is, If you wish to reinterpret the state before the corruptible, fallen world we know, then you must likewise reinterpret the state after this fallen world, the future bliss of heaven, for the two correspond and only differ, as St. Simeon has pointed out in the long passage quoted above, in that the future state of the world will be fully spiritual, corresponding to the spiritual body of the men who will dwell in it, and no longer will it be possible for its incorruptibility to be lost. Do we Orthodox Christians believe that we will actually be immortal and incorruptible in that next life, if God will only number us among the saved, or only metaphorically and allegorically so? If we believe and think as the Holy Fathers do, then our future incorruptibility will be real, as was that of the creation and of Adam before his disobedience. It is vain for us to imagine that we are more sophisticated than the Holy Fathers, being so wise by modern enlightenment and science that we know better than they how to read and interpret the divinely inspired scriptures. As St. Basil says, considering ourselves wiser than the revelations of the Spirit. The superiority of modern knowledge over that of the Holy Fathers lies solely in one respect, which lies at the very bottom of the hierarchy of knowledge. In the quantity of scientific facts now available to us, but not everything that calls itself scientific fact is such. In every other respect our knowledge is inferior to theirs. 
They knew far better than today's scientists and philosophers the place of scientific knowledge in the whole hierarchy of knowledge, and they saw clearly that the proper interpretation of Genesis is the task of theology, not science, and it is facilitated not at all by a knowledge of present-day scientific facts, but rather by advancement in spiritual life and understanding. That, indeed, is why the whole doctrine of creation is presented most clearly, precisely in the writings of a father like St. Simeon the New Theologian, who attained the heights of spiritual life. The notion that we now, enlightened by science, can understand Genesis better than the Holy Fathers, is itself a result of that evolutionary philosophy which virtually everyone now holds quite unconsciously.